Well, Mike, it's okay. They let us out, so we're fine. Uh, hardly wore a mask the whole time we were there. Uh, they, when we went to the border to get in, they're like, "You have any fruits or vegetables?" Like, no. Okay, see ya. There we go. Oh, no. Nope. No, 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 yeah, no, it was great. We went to one winery where the guy's like, okay, well, you're all family, and I'm assuming some of you are vaccinated, which she technically can't ask that question, so, but there's a lot of weird gray area around there, and my, my daughter's in hospital administration, so she's like, well, nobody knows what to do, but anyway, they put us in a separate room anyway, so it was great. <laughs> so good stuff so let's finish this up um so we kind of looked at yours is the kingdom a couple weeks ago and harold thank you for covering last week i appreciate that um how does proclaiming yours is the power impact your prayers so before we even jump into scripture here let's give let's hear some thoughts how does saying lord yours is the power impact especially this is the conclusion of this prayer how does that impact our prayer? I have a, could I just ask a question just before you get on with the, actually the meat? Uh, in the, as I remember reading that section of the Bible, the prayer ends, deliver us from evil. It does. Yes, we where does, where does the rest yeah. come about? Well, I know it comes later. I think it's a few... Uh, Verses later, that's mentioned or something. Yeah, and and what happened was that the, the the apostles at the beginning of the church added that because they thought it was appropriate to to add to the prayer because of those who had walked with Jesus. Um, did they didn't put it in there explicitly right after that, and so Where? it really I mean, right, in Mar, in in Matthew and then Mark. Oh, okay. um, and so what's interesting is they believe that hi history and tradition is that. Those words, though not directly in Scripture, were added by Matthew and John, who bless you, who were obviously you know with Jesus. And when they were establishing their church, they're like, we need to close it up this way. And so that's so. There's really no time on it. I mean, some people say as early as like 50 A.D. Some say formally 300 and was it 21 A.D. Or but when they had the first council. But yeah. Well, I just noticed. No, yeah. The Catholic Church does not does not say that. Yeah, because well, I won't say it. All right. <laughs> well, because because the with the Catholic Church, the the Catholic Church initially, they were the ones that were the representation of God. They held the power in the Catholic Church, and so you know they, their belief was that all the power that God bestowed uh, from his kingdom was in the church and in the papacy. And so they didn't feel the need to, to do that. But, um, but it's been early on tradition, to, just like our creeds, you won't find the creeds explicitly like that. You can find the pieces of it in different, in different spots where you go, okay, this makes sense. Um, so it's much like the creeds, the tradition is that the, the first apostles put it in there. Well, I just want to yeah. say my knowledge of the Catholic Church is pretty limited. Sure. It's just based on, I used to watch uh, a mass Sunday morning mm -hmm. just before I was watching ours. <laughs> yeah. And, and I noticed that they left that off. And Most of them do. There are some that are, there's always, there's always Reformation happening in, you know, in Christianity. So, 
And Carly. Um, well, I think that they would have taken it from the Old Testament, such as the first mm -hmm. one we're going right. to read. So they would have known, like in David's prayer in Chronicles. Mm -hmm. you know, they yeah. certainly were qualified to add that. <laughs> oh, I'm not and, uh, <laughs> No, he was just asking where, because where, where, you're right, it's not explicitly in what we call the Lord's Prayer. I believe it's more the disciples' prayer. I think the Lord's Prayer is John 17, when he's praying that they would be one as we are one. Um, but again, this is, you know, this is Jesus praying and says, when you pray, this is how you pray. So that's why it's called the Lord's Prayer. But really, it's for us to know how to pray, right? <laughs> cool. That's a great question. So since you're there, Carly, read First Chronicles 29. Okay, 11 and 12. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. So from that, you can get yours is the kingdom and yours is the power very easily. Um, uh, so that, again, uh, but why is that important and how does that impact? Yours is the power specifically. Because we looked at yours in the kingdom a couple years ago. Yours is the power. How does that impact the way we pray? Well, he has the power to save us. I mean, yeah, that's pretty important, I'd say. Having the power to do it. Mm -hmm. He has the power. Otherwise, why do we think we're saved? I mean, somebody had to have the ability to do it. He created everything. Great. And if we pray for thy kingdom come, we know that he has the power to make it happen, even though history has been horrendous so far, you know, as far as Christians being martyred and, and all the things that are happening, the world's certainly not going towards the Lord right now, but he has the power and a plan. Well, to me, it's, a, it's our acknowledgement that God is in charge, not us. It's a great bookend, right? from the beginning of the prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done okay so we're acknowledging that his will is better his kingdom is better he's holy we're not and then at the end in yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and and you know what's interesting is uh, what i appreciated is harold you went right to what is the most powerful thing that man needs salvation right right that's the the most thing but at the same time, there's a greater picture of the power of God when we say yours is the power. It's the power for everything. And again, I always think of when, when we talk about being subject to your governing authorities and Jesus standing before Pilate. And Jesus says to Pilate, you don't have power unless it was given to you. And so he's recognizing that God is, even though in a broken world that is against uh, the, the initial plan of God when he created man, even in that world, he still has the power and holds all power. Um, and and that's, that's, for me, very comforting and hopefully for you too. Steve? I was just going to say, in one of the uh, last couple of years, I've noticed for a long, long time the, the acceleration of of uh, our society in America challenging that power. The courts, the church, the this, the that. You can't pray. You can't at work and the military chaplains that can't 
share the testimony on the battlefield or whatever it is. There come certain points where they do, but I mean, it just seems like more and more uh, where we walk away from God as a nation, uh, it seems like the, the, the power in the kingdom acknowledging that authority and I'm grateful that he does have all power and authority. Well, and I think what's great about that too is is um, we're acknowledging it doesn't matter whether other people believe that he's all powerful or it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, and again, that's where this whole idea of well, your truth is your truth, and I think well, no, there's truth, <laughs> and we're proclaiming truth. Lord, yours is the power, whether or not governments realize it, whether or not my neighbor realizes it. Um, his is the power. Now we don't, you know, wag that like like a big heavy stick and say, "Ha ha, ours is the power from our God, not you." But at the same time, we take comfort in the fact that, okay, when it does seem like Carly says, I mean, it seems like when is this all? I mean, I mean, how much longer is God going to to tarry? Right? It's a lot of times, but at the same time, I say, "Thank you, God, that you tarried long enough for me." And for other people too, and so you know we we call upon that. How about Psalm twenty one thirteen? Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. So talking about his power is important, you know, and I think. Uh, we need to be reminded of that, right, Carly? It was sad the other day that Jerry Nadler, who's high up in the Congress or Senate, I can't remember what he is, made the statement that, I do not care what your God thinks. Some senator or somebody said something, said, whatever your God thinks is none of my concern. Right there in our government. You know, That's when you just step away. How to clear <laughs> Congress. <laughs> How about Psalm 62:11? God has spoken once, twice I've heard this. That power belongs to God. Hmm. I love that. God's spoken once. And if it was once wasn't enough, here's a second time. <laughs> Power belongs to God. Uh, you know, and, and it's so contrary to what we are fed and, and our na- and our you know in this world and our, and our natural nature is for us to be all you know you attain power, um, and and you see that that all the power in the world doesn't save a man. Um, and you know we look at the technically. I don't know if this is still true, but I don't want to get too political, but the president is supposed to be the most powerful person in the world, they say. Right? Well, if you look at it, that lasts for maybe four years, eight if you're if you're lucky, but then you're gone. You're gone. Well yeah. somehow he's going to live live forever. No. <laughs> he's not gonna take it with him either. Right. I mean that's right. sort of the bottom line of it all. Yeah. It goes away. Right, and and everyone knows that deep down we know there's going to come an end, and and that's why this idea of well, what legacy are you going to live is such a big thing because you want to keep on living even after you've taken your last breath, and but I mean I barely remember my great grandfather. Now, he was a Christian man, and he was a believer, so you could look at, okay, there's a lot in our family that are, 
So maybe that is part of his legacy, but I don't look at him and go, well, it's because of him. I look and go, man, the Lord's just been faithful. So, yeah. Psalm 106, 8. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. Okay, back now that goes to Harold, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he saved him to make it known by that people might know his power. His name's sake. Right. We don't want to forget that. Well, we're getting there. <laughs> so we go back to, to um, you know, Exodus. And what kind of power did God display? He displayed amazing power. Part of the Red Sea. Had a, as they were walking in the wilderness, a cloud by day to protect them from the sun, a fire by night to protect them, not only from predators, but to give them warmth and light power scene and they you know you know the story they're just like oh yeah it's just yeah okay there's fire in the cloud whatever which we kind of do that too sometimes oh yeah holy spirit so think great instead of going wait a second there's power that god is displaying all the time and jesus kind of talks about this he says people will see your good works but their good works will do what they will point to the power of god and they'll glorify your father in heaven they won't look at you and say, wow, good work, buddy. They'll go, wow, look at that work. That can't be you, right? It has to be God, which is another thing I think we should strive for. Oh, I don't like to use that term, but I said anyway. As a church, is that, all, all that, that, that when people see what God's doing, none of us can go, well, it's because we did this, right? We can say, well, God put some things into place, and it was just good timing, but it was his Holy Spirit that made it happen. I mean, to have as have many people show up at Trunk or Treat last October, I can't sit there and go, well, we decided to do it even in the midst of COVID, and we made some plans. So, you know, of course, 500-plus people were going to come. No. Well, we were hoping 150, maybe. <laughs> so, you know, but God gave them exposure to and, and a safe place, and they got contacted with some people who, who love. And that's why we do things like that. Um, how about uh, where? Psalm 106, 8. Is that where we're at? No. Oh, 147.5. Sorry. Thanks for keeping me honest. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Okay. Again, though, when we great is our Lord and mighty in power, why is, how does that impact our prayer? Well, we should believe. If we really believe in that power and that and in our Lord and Savior, then it should strengthen our belief. When we're praying that we're not just praying for nothing, he is hearing us and he'll answer us in his way and his time. And we're not just praying to Santa Claus. I mean, this, yeah. is a, this is a, an entity that is like no other and is, is worthy of contemplation uh, even before you pray. Who, who am I praying to? And what has he already done to show his power and glory? And, and uh, on those bases, we can pray with more confidence mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, he's listening, but he's, he's got the ability. And mm-hmm. um, if we pray according to his will, that's even better. Yeah, well, we have better confidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had an opportunity this week um, to leave something in his hands, and I didn't. I fretted over it and I complained about it and I got angry in it and um, and I think that that is what you know when we say that we 
that his is the power and it impact our prayers when we're praying about something that is just deeply embedded in our hearts as a desire or a longing or a, a pain or a hurt or whatever about something in our lives when we're praying it with this belief in his being the power we can leave it in his hands and not continue to respond and react and and dwell in our own you know feelings yeah. about it and ideas about right. it and how to fix it and um problem solving abilities and <laughs> because well, that's, a, uh, oh. that's a good point i was going to say that it's interesting how many times in the church and out of the church someone will come over there a, a loved one or a situation and it seems also impossible it's going to take a, uh, an infinite amount of power and it's way beyond it and we tend to discourage you know um I was just going to say, you know, how many times you said, well, you don't deserve it, or you, uh, that you're asking too much. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And the church, instead of saying, hey, let me walk alongside you and let's continue to get clarity and, and uh, encouragement and a scriptural context. Uh, I know with little kids over there, they ask for the moon a lot of times. And um, we don't tend to maybe encourage as well as we should. Well, and I think to, to just tie into that is is we can we can read scripture and know that he's all powerful mm -hmm. in the moment though we need to pray like the disciples and say lord I, I i hear your word i see it but please increase my faith or like the man with the son that was mm -hmm. uh he said lord i believe but help me in my unbelief because we 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 read the words and the holy spirit confirms that they're true but the in the moment we don't even we're, we're so distracted with our own ability to fix things or the situation that is totally out of our control that we that we fret and and think that we got to jump in and do stuff now i'm not saying that we don't get involved if we need to but sometimes you know the course the best course of action is to pray and wait and watch and so just to wrap i won't give all the details but what was cool is that god showed his faithfulness um, in his time and and when you look at it perfect time perfect time you know uh, something was basically something was lost and we were fretting over it and we were concerned about it and the last day it was found and all and you're like okay and it had an impact on everyone. Every yeah, the tension for a couple of days was interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. so. <laughs> but and I'm kind of like, okay, everyone, let's just take a breath. <laughs> I, think, I think the power of God is also uh, uh, provided in some of the books of the prophets, and particularly mm -hmm. in the warnings, mm -hmm. uh, because he destroyed Israel in Judah or Judea, I think. I'm not I'm really sure which one it is, because of the people and the way you mentioned about this uh, uh, House of Representatives and that uh, person, the way he was talking about warning us of his power mm -hmm. to put you down. Mm -hmm. If you if you don't, but I mean, that's what he did when Israel moved away from God. 
Yeah, his favor his favor was removed from them, and he although he kept the remnant, right? Well, he kept the remnant, but but he didn't. The favor, yeah, the favor was no longer there. Um, and he's bestowed, fortunately for us uh, as believers, he's bestowed his favor upon us with the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want, right? I mean, those of us who, but again, his power is faithful to say at just the right time. Remember, I saved you, buddy. <laughs> and so let's just let's just pull the reins here for a moment. And uh, what you're doing is not good. And uh, you need to know my power from personal experience. You need to know my power, my power that's found in mercy, my power that's found in grace, and my faithfulness to protect you from yourself. Did you ever hear that joke over there? Uh, someone does a tough time. He says, God is never, ever, 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 never, never, ever, never late. He's never late. And then the, I forget who the little kid or whatever says, yeah, but he's missed a lot of opportunities to be early. <laughs> <laughs> well, we certainly don't see. Now, that was a great segue, though, Delane, to Jeremiah 32, 17, because here we are in the, in the prophets. Our Lord of God, it is you who has made the heavens and the earth by the great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Hmm. Nothing is too hard for you. That should impact our prayers a little bit. Yeah. I love the imagery, yeah, though, too, of this by your outstretched arm. You know, I, I think so often in my prayers, I feel like I have to do a lot of work, you know, to just, okay, I got to reach this, I got to reach this, I got to reach this, instead of recognizing that, you know, here, he's outstretched his arm. Um, and I think that makes me think of other places where, you know, I think we've gone over them about how he leans in, you know, he inclines his ear. Um, to hearing our prayers so and i think that we also need to understand what's the purpose of prayer too is the purpose of prayer to get god to bend to our will to get god to change the circumstance or is the purpose of prayer to build our trust in who he is and and what and what he says about himself you know and, and so that that's sometimes our prayer life though right has to go through that because we're like, if I just pray more, then he'll change this situation. You're like, well, but maybe that's not the right way to pray. That maybe you pray, and I'm not saying we shouldn't pray more. We should pray. But pray with, again, like the Lord's Prayer. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Oh, okay. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> when the Lord was talking about the outstretched arms, so I was just thinking of the cross, not only horizontally, but uh, vertically, but horizontally. Yeah. You know, coming this way, but also that yeah. way. I was just thinking, what a what a picture. Uh, I don't know if, if it was just a accidentally says outstretched arms, but I was thinking it's it's a totality of, of just love. <laughs> Do you Maybe. say you you don't know if it's an accident that he said that? <laughs> oh, no, well I didn't. Know that. <laughs> I, meant, I meant I meant it's a, a getting sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. What I meant was it's. I was trying to think of the uh, the, the word that I forget the word of of being a continued thing, but what a loving gesture when he says outstretched arm it's, it's in, in always yeah and we know in, in Isaiah 59 1 it says surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save and I, okay 
<laughs> I need to remember that because there's people like this congressman, which I was kind of oblivious to the news for the last little while, so uh, I didn't miss it. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, Carly, that was just one more recent example of Jerry Nadler right. saying stuff that, you know, really is shaking you for stick on. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's famous for it. You don't need God. He wouldn't be the only one. Well, and, and yeah, he's, you know, he's really, but the whole point is that sometimes I think we, our prayer life kind of discounts them or asks for judgment on them rather than saying, good Lord, man, they, they need to be saved. They, they need, they, they, and I always think of Jesus on the cross. Well, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. I don't think he really has a clue. He will someday, but you know, most people are shooting in the dark. Uh, there's a handful. Right. Of, yeah, exactly. Uh, so why do we proclaim yours is the glory? Exodus twenty four seventeen. Because he shares a lot of his goodness with us. Is that what it says? Why do we? No, I mean, <laughs> oh, you're answering well, you the question. You've asked questions before. Yeah, so. okay. <laughs> now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. So say it again, Laura, what you said. Of why do we proclaim yours as the glory? Because that helps. Because he's, he's in his goodness. He's, you know, he shares that goodness with us. So, so the fact that we that there's so many things about our life that we get to partake in that does, you know, to some, you know, in this vein of what we see, this plane of what we see, lift us up. You know, we get to share in that goodness of who he is on this earthly plane. That moment on the mountain in Exodus, though, you know, I don't think they they remembered Moses. <laughs> they got a little scared, and then they looked to Moses and said, "Okay, that's too much for us to handle. You go before him for us." And so, but again, the attention was, "Okay, this is God, not any man. This is greater than a man, and and we can't approach that." How about Numbers fourteen twenty one? <clears throat> Truly, as you live, and as as all and as all, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Those are hard, hard scriptures for me. The earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Then the Lord reminds me: Have you looked around much? Because you can see it. You, you, you know, He has revealed the beauty. Hey, Connie was talking a couple weeks ago, this, there's some beautiful stuff that we get to see, you know, watching my grandkids, you know, watching just the interaction with their parents and just the joy, you know, that, that there's just the glory of the Lord, the imprint of him is everywhere if we would, if we would look. Um, and that's our challenge, right, is to go, okay, wait a second, am I looking for the glory of the Lord? Because it is everywhere. Like, it was so much glory to get back to where I knew it would drop 40 degrees at night. <laughs> Connie. Sometimes we think we're too materialistic and we forget what the small things of life are. Yeah. Oh, 
And I would just change your word to sometimes to most times. <laughs> right? No, it, it's hard because we're, we're so focused on what's right in front of us or the next thing that we want to get or something. We forget, man, just the fact that I have a home, just the fact that, you know, these, you know we have family that, that we're, we're breathing. We get to, for me, that sounds really stupid, but I'm going to say this anyway. But making my own French press coffee this morning. <laughs> all right. Well, it was good. It was just a simple thing because, first of all, my routine is sort of back, so that's great. And I don't have to share this with anybody but my wife. And plus, the French press on vacation was very small that they had there. I'm like, man. You know, our, I have a bigger one. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a 12-gallon. Well, pretty close. <laughs> so, well, I guess we're getting the Keurig today. No. <laughs> you know, how, if you're God, I wonder how, how interesting the uh, when uh, God's talking to Moses and the thing, he, and he says, "I'd like to see your glory." He says, "No man can see my glory and live." But he says, "I'm gonna put you in the cleft rock. I'm gonna, uh, you can see the, the hinder part, my my tailgate." You know, the, the backside of my glory. And I'm just thinking of the different times when he manifests himself uh, in Chronicles over when he when he fills the temple. It says it, it, the glory of the Lord drove the priests up. They couldn't even get in the temple. It just, it just pushed them out. And I'm just thinking, you know, maybe God has to uh, mute his glory a little bit because we aren't able to maybe receive it as we should. Well, and, and we know that's why we're going to be changed. These bodies, these natural bodies that we're in, they're corrupted still by sin. And so we have to, what God has already done on our behalf through Christ and given us the righteousness of Christ, that will be revealed completely one day to where we can behold the glory of God. Because right now, we can't handle it. Um, Not that we'll be able to handle it then, but at least we won't be smote. Is that how you say it? So 1 Chronicles 16.24. His marvelous works among all the peoples. Hmm. So we proclaim his glory among the nations. And isn't that great? Because if we're putting our trust in man, even if you're not a believer, you know, I think you know deep down, that person is flawed and they're probably going to fail me at some point in time. I mean, those of us who who are married or have been married, there was a moment in your marriage where you realized, hey, this other person has some flaws. And, and, and that, right? And you, you go, okay, it's not all, you know, roses and, and whatever anymore. There's some real, huh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but when we're talking about God, we're not, we're, we're surpassing what we see and go, God doesn't have any flaws. His glory is to be revealed. And and we'll get to this. Oh, we'll have time. Good. Psalm three three. You are a shield around me, my glorious one. My glorious. Short and fast. But why is that? Again, glory is connected with shield here. So there's a protection when we look at the glory of God when we pursue the glory. Add a little more. Oh, oh, you didn't read it all. Oh. <laughs> my glory in the lift room. my head, yeah. No, no, because we remember the song that we used to sing years ago, the little chorus. But uh, So 
But still, right, his glory, what, what is, why does he lift our head? So we can see his glory. And we'll get into why that's important in a moment. Revelation 5.13. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So when we proclaim the glory of God, we know that we are participating in an eternal act that will be done for all eternity, which is kind of redundant when you say it that way. But, you know, a lot of times we're like, man, I can't wait till we get to heaven. And I agree, but we, but we still have glimpses and moments where we can participate in heavenly activity and giving glory to God and praising his power and, 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 and proclaiming who he is is that moment where we're actually, and this is mind-blowing, we're actually entering in the spiritual way into the presence of the heavenly realm and joining with all creation, as that says, and all the saints in heaven and all the angels and proclaiming. And that adds, I think, when we're actually doing that, that adds a little depth and a little more wonder to what's actually happening. Connie. You always say you can hardly wait to get to heaven and all this kind of stuff. Shouldn't we maybe concentrate on all the good things that God has given us here on earth? And yeah, when it's time to go to heaven, that's fine. But there's a lot of good things mm-hmm. on earth that we need to be grateful for. Absolutely. And that's why we praise the Lord, though. You know, that's why we spend that time because we're thanking Him for those great things. But at the same time, we know that there's a future for us where there's no pain, there's no tears, you won't hurt when you get out of bed. There's no, I mean, all these things that, that, that we, we long for and to be at complete peace where there's no sin, there's no, there's no evil going on. Should we try and maybe find some of that we do, but it's still flawed, right? I mean, there's still, you're still, how, how long is that going to last? You find it, and then all of a sudden, oh, now I'm fighting with the fact, you know. So I, I agree with you. We should. And I think as believers, we should more than anything be showing people how great God is and how wonderful his blessing is and how, how he has blessed us, even when we don't deserve it because the rain falls on the unjust just like it does on the just. So God is faithful all the time and that's part of proclaiming his glory is to show how good he is in the moment right he's done so much for us everyone would agree that family is awesome right i mean even even with all the weird dynamics when family gets together it's still cool to have family and so it was our last day with my parents and we had everyone over for brunch and my dad's not doing well which is neither here nor there but um but so here's the patriarch and three generations praying and um, it was hard not to get choked up because he is crying during his prayer because he's looking at grandkids great grandkids and um and he's just he was just overwhelmed and i was just sitting there this is just a beautiful moment it's okay to stay here for a while you know so uh but we do look for those things steve i was going to say interesting the comments point was there the best, you know, a hundred years ago, about the fastest society moved from Montpelier to Pocatello was the speed of a horse, a wagon. You know, I remember my grandmother uh, telling me the stories of out of California, of uh, New Iver Mines over there, and it was you worked. You know, it wasn't an expectation. My grandson 
you know, why do I have to do this? Why do I have that? My dad said, son, I see work in your future, but our, as you look back in your childhood, it's only been the last 30, 40 years where we've had X amount of time, resources, and stuff over there. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, it, it wasn't pretty. I mean, I look back on our childhood. They, there was a, if you grew up on a farm, your dad probably didn't say, well, if you feel like it, son, go out there and milk the cows or you know, whatever chore you're going to do. I once mean, you're done playing your game. Yeah, once you're done playing your game. you watch that TV program before you go right. probably, probably didn't work out. What are you smiling at, Kathy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when things were much simpler. <laughs> you know, I went to the Fiji Islands not too long ago, and I thought, oh, this is going to be cool. You know, this one of the good things. I get, I get to travel all over. I was gone for a month in Australia, New Zealand, whatever. And I got there, and outside of the of the gates and the fences were the four looking in mm. to our beautiful, fabulous hotel. And I'm like, Lord, this is so, so wrong, <laughs> you know? Uh, I can't enjoy everything I have. I'm just like, Good Lord, I don't know why you put me here in this country and at this time and who I am and the color I am and whatever, but look at these people. I can't go there and lay around the pool and over there and in the fence is a little child with a hamster wanting things. And so I long for the Lord to come to make it, make it beautiful for all of us. That, mm -hmm. you know, um, everywhere you go, if it's Mexico, it's the same thing. You go to everywhere. Bahamas, it's the same thing. It's, it's you, the poor and the needy are fenced off and yet people just want to go there and frolic and play and it breaks my heart to see them. So. I want everyone to have great, wonderful things to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to happen until the Lord comes. But you know what? I kind of hear when, when they interview people who are, are trying to migrate to this country and stuff, they're thankful for what they do have. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a lesson for all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we do, no matter what you have, it's better maybe than someone else has, and and you need to just be thankful for the fact that you have food and water yeah. today. I remember the first uh, mission trip I did to Southern Baja, <clears throat> middle of nowhere, and realizing how blessed I was and how happy the people were with not even knowing where their next meal was. And then they were able to be more thankful because they, I don't know what we're having for dinner, but we'll find out when it comes, you know, it, was, it wasn't whatever they were able to have. They're not so materialistic. In, materialistic, exactly. And so I remember sitting in the airport and the pastor I was with on the way back, he goes, I know what you're thinking. You want to sell everything and move down there. He goes, and in two days you'll be like, well, maybe I could just give more. He goes, but then in about four days or five days, you'll forget all about it. I mean, and he wasn't like, you'll forget the experience, but you'll just get back into the normal trappings that we get into. And he wasn't wrong, um, but I mean, I got to go back down there again. But, but, you know, you realize that as people, especially in the flesh, we want to protect ourselves from the hard things in this life. And um, when you're down there, you can't hide from it. 
Um, but at the same time, you're not their savior. You, you know, they they have they have a good, a lot of them had really good lives, even though they had nothing. And I was just like, wow. You know, I need to be more thankful. I need to realize how blessed I am, and not and not care so much about stuff and whatnot. So wrapping it up, um, we're not going to get into all these things, but how do we benefit? Let's just try to answer this question. How do we benefit when God is glorified? Tough question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, if God is glorified, that means that our lives are better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, because that means he's getting glory in our lives, which means we're in align with what he has made us for. And, and that means that the blessings of God are much clearer for us. We're ba- able to see the beauty and everything because of that. Um, how many times have you walked in distracted to a church service and then we direct our attention to God to where he gets the glory, and when you leave, you're like, okay, I feel refreshed, that was better, even though the attention was supposed to be on God, and it is on God, but he's such a blessing God that when we're desiring for him to get the glory, he refreshes us, because that's who he is, and that's how he works, and so I think there's this thing that God's like, if you guys would seek to give me glory, if you, if you would just look to me and recognize my power and, 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 and my, my glory and, and seek my glory, you'll be so blessed by it because our, our lives will be aligned with him. And, you, you know, we've had those moments where you're just like, everything's good right now, you know, and then you turn on the news. No, everything's good right now. And you're like, I know God loves me. I know he loves other people. I have hope for the future. I trust in his power. And you have those moments, and those moments come from him receiving the glory. And, and that's the challenge between the flesh and the spirit, right? The flesh wants to exalt itself. Look what I did. You know, even when it comes to church service, so weird. Well, I went to church, so I'm better now. Well, hold on a second. First of all, the reason you even walked in the door was because the Holy Spirit gave you the ability to walk into the door. You know, we wouldn't, we'd be like, whatever, I'm still in bed or, or something. Uh, so um, this is good. Next week, I am really excited to jump into the Gospel of Mark. Um, Mark is concise. There's some fun stuff to talk about, whether he wrote it after Matthew or Matthew wrote it after Mark. We'll just do that a little introduction for a couple minutes. But um, again, Mark is very concise, to the point, and I think it will help us have a, a greater, like, okay, this is the gospel in a nutshell. Let's go. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace, your goodness. Lord, thank you for the fact that you draw us to bring you glory. And so may that be the aim of our hearts and our lives, that you would receive all the glory, all the power, that you are the mighty one. And that when we do that, Lord, we will know that that we are uh, your servants, that you and your children. And you would give us in the moment those, 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 just those glimpses of how glorious you are. And we would walk with a countenance of joy because of your goodness to us. Bless the rest of our time together this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.